doms and subs, masters, mistresses and slaves, owners and pets, daddies, mommies and littles, primals and prey, switches, heathens, kinksters and deviants, welcome to Legion After Dark. Hello and welcome to Legion After Dark. I'm your host, Lady M, and for this episode, we're going to talk about the 1975 classic, The Story of O. Here's the trailer. Spoilers, love, love, 
love, love this movie. Um, I saw it originally when I was about 16 or 17 years old, and I haven't got a chance to revisit it in a very long time. So watching it now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser and a bit more in tune with my own submission, I see a lot of levels there that I didn't see before and a lot of heart. You know, when you're younger, it's all about the uh, the whipping scenes, but <laughs> which there are plenty of. Um, but let's get right into it. Uh, the story of O is based on a 1954 French novel by Anne de Clos. Uh, she wrote it as a series of love letters to her lover who admired the work of Marquis de Sade under a pen name. But at the end of her life, she did come clean and, and say, you know, yes, I, I was the one that wrote that. I'm not going to be drawing parallels between the movie and the novel during this episode because... Honestly, we'd be here all day if we did that. It would never end. And we all have lives. We have things to do, you know. <laughs> um, but the film based on the novel was directed by a French director, Just Yakin. I am not 100% sure I pronounced that correctly. So, you know, do let me know. And uh, it was promptly banned in the UK until the year 2000. They love banning movies, don't they? They banned The Exorcist as well, I believe, when that came out. I suppose feigning moral outrage is the British way. <laughs> o is taken by her lover to a secret place called Chateau Rossi, where slaves and submissives are trained. Um, she's stripped, she's bathed, and presented to the masters. She's told the rules, which include, you know, she's not allowed to look at them, she's not allowed to speak unless she's commanded to, and she must be available at all times for their use. Uh, she's asked if she wishes to continue, because throughout all of this, I know we talk a lot about consent, but through all of this, uh, she is consistently given a choice. You know, she's always asked, you know, you can say no, you can refuse, you can quit, but uh, no. O is not going to. She wishes to continue. And uh, she refuses to leave. So one of the masters looks upon her and notes that she's proud. Um, for me, her pride is one of the most enduring qualities that O has. Uh, but I'll get into more of that later. Her lover comes to say goodbye and tell her that she will not see him until he returns to retrieve her. Before she is no longer allowed to speak freely, he has her say two words, Sir Stefan. During her time in this place, uh, she's whipped, she's trained, she's used for pleasure. Um, she has a personal valet called Pierre, who is one of the masters there, obviously. He's in charge of chaining her up to sleep at night, uh, bathing her and whipping her and just her general upkeep, you know. But she finds fondness for Pierre. He is told before she meets him not to look at his face, but for her, she loves him because he is a he is given to her by her master, Rene. And anything that Rene gives up, gives to her, she loves, you know. So she adores Pierre and ends up quite fond of him. Um, after she's there for a while, 
she's taken to an a sort of inner sanctum and chained up. She's kept there for a period of several days. Uh, she's fed there. Her meals are brought her to her, and all of the masters whip her repeatedly. And eventually, Pierre appears, releases her binds, and carries her up the staircase into the sunlight to be released to Rene, her master, who she obeys completely. Um, that image of being carried from the darkness into the light, having endured, you know, these period of days of uh, trials, one would say, is an image that I see used quite repeatedly in BDSM films. And I'm not sure if this is the first film to do it, but for me, it's certainly the most iconic. Um, so at this point, we see O at work. She's a fashion photographer and she's, you know, she's business-minded. She's got her models and she develops photos of one called Jacqueline who she develops quite a crush on. She thinks she's absolutely beautiful and she wants her. And she tells Renee of her beauty and admires her photographs. In time, Renee takes her to the home of Sir Stephen and he explains the nature of his and Renee's relationship. They were raised as brothers and they share everything. They expect O to be owned by Sir Stephen just as much as Renee. She's meant to obey him. She is meant to have him as a master. O's not happy about this at first, and she's resistant, but she doesn't want to disobey Renee, so she goes along with it. But in time, she does fall deeply in love with Sir Stefan, and he does fall deeply in love with her. And she kind of... Is, she doesn't consider Renee to be as important after a while. One day she runs into Pierre on a bridge who wishes to go to a hotel room with her. So she rightfully calls her master to ask permission. Now think she thinks she's calling Renee, but she's not. She's calling Sir Stefan. He tells her to take a cab straight home and is so pleased with her obedience that he tells her, you know, what would you like? Is it another man you would like, or a woman? And she shows him the pictures of Jacqueline. And he tells her, you know, go for it. You, you need to seduce her, get her to move into your apartment with you and Renee. And oh, oh does, she, she goes for it. She seduces Jacqueline and uh, forms a really close bond with her and has her move into the apartment with her and Renee. Uh, she won't go with Renee yet because she's smitten with O. But as the love between Sir Stephen grows and their relationship evolves, he wishes for O to be marked in a permanent way as a sign of ownership, um, which she agrees to. O's taken to this beautiful country home that's run by the mistress Anne Marie there, she runs into several slaves who she knew from her time at Chateau Rossi. It's really kind of adorable. They're all very excited to see each other. 
And she spends a lot of her time there bonding with them, uh, supporting and nurturing them between whippings, obviously. Her time there culminates with her receiving rings through her labia, bearing the initials of Sir Stefan, as well as a brand on her lower back. Sir Stefan eventually does tell O he loves her, but that she will be taken by men who don't. He takes her to meet with two men, Ivan and the commander, who invite them to a party at his estate. The commander takes O, but Sir Stefan cannot watch and leaves. Ivan also looks disgusted and goes across the room to stare out the window, uh, but does take O to a hotel for the night. The next day she arrives at Sir Stefan's home, and he tells her that Ivan had come to him and begged him to release her. Ivan apparently had fallen madly in love with O and wished to marry her. O calls them both mad and has Sir Stefan's maid chain her up and whip her ready for Ivan's arrival. He arrives to see O chained and marked with, with whip marks and glistening with sweat, with lust in her eyes, and runs from the house like a typical vanilla. <laughs> um, he just clearly doesn't get it. You know, they never do, they never do. O tells Shaquin about her experiences, those so far, you know, about going to the Chateau Rossi, about getting branded, all of it. And Jaquin is so intrigued and smitten that she asks her to take her to Chateau Rossi as well. I mean, obviously the first time she tells her the story, she's sort of, oh, it's incredible. It's, it's amazing. It can't be, you know, can't believe it. But then later on in the movie, she, um, comes to her and says, you know, I would like, I would like to go. And so O takes her. Just as she rode in the car with her lover at the beginning of the movie, so does Jacqueline ride with O in the car and gets delivered to the chateau. She also tells her that she will belong to Renee if it's O's wish. So we've come full circle. Owen Sir Stefan make their way to the commander's party, and she's presented with a selection of masks that she may choose from to make her appearance. Because of Jacqueline, O chooses a beautiful bird of prey mask, a white owl. She's dressed in an open slave cloak with a chain attached to the rings through her labia, and Sir Stefan's maid takes her to the center of the crowd removes her cloak, allowing her nudity to be observed simply as an object of beauty and obedience to those in attendance. Later on, we join Sir Stefan and O cuddled up on a sofa with O talking to him about taking Jacqueline to Chateau Rossi. Uh, she looks thoughtful and curious and asks Sir Stefan if he had to endure the punishments and experiences that she did. Would he do it? He says yes and starts to say something out, but in that moment, O burns a perfect circle into his hand with a cigarette holder he gave her on her very first night at his house. And with that, the movie ends, which leaves me with a fantastic sense of triumph because we see the circular burn on his hand next to her hand with her slave ring on, and it's just a perfect way to end the movie, in my opinion. Um, to me, the story of O is the story of strength through submission. 
At the beginning of the film, it is stated that she's proud, right? To her, these are trials she's going through in order to conquer her desired master, even if at the beginning she didn't know which master it was that she truly desired. Through her submission, she will possess him as thoroughly as he possesses her. In the scene with the commander, we see her looking to her master for cues on how she would react as he's touching and undressing her. Her master allows it, so she allows it. However, her master is unable to watch, which shows his love and possession of her has grown and he's now experiencing jealousy, possibly for the first time in his life, as illustrated by his statement that he would never see a woman more than a pebble on the beach. But through her obedient submission, she has conquered his heart exactly as she set out to do. I quite enjoy her journey as well. Um, Aside from any of the masters, her journey to me mirrors the pagan cycle of the goddess, you know, the maiden, the mother, and the crone. At the beginning of the movie, we see her as this innocent, submissive maiden. Her only desire was to please Rene and just obey him. She's led innocently into this world and embraces it fully. Later on, we see her at Anne-Marie's country home. She's taking on this nurturing role among the other submissives. Her strength is admired and sometimes resented by the other women there, but she uses it to bring comfort and admiration from them, hence the mother. At the end, when she chooses her bird of prey mask, and she's, because she's taken to the party on a boat, and she's standing up in this boat above everyone else, in her owl mask, in her cloak with her bonds, her golden chains on, And we see the bold strength in her and a wisdom which comes from her experiences. Now it's her, not the masters, who drop Shaquin off at Chateau Rossi. It's her that the other submissives have looked to at the country house. And in these final moments, she stands above all to be admired for her proud strength and beauty. In the end, by leaving her mark on Sir Stephen, She's showing that through her obedience, she has become her own master in many ways. I mean, overall, there is a reason why this movie is considered a classic. Um, Some people like to say, and I've seen this comment thrown around a few times, that it's just porn, it's got no storyline. But for me, it's a beautifully thought out illustration on a submissive journey and finding strength through their own submission and obedience. I, and that's it that's I mean that's that is what I get from this movie I know there might be some disagreement and some people probably think I put too much thought into it but that's what I see reflected in the film it's got a beautiful heart and it's just it's just fantastic so that was the story of O. I can't recommend it highly enough I do recommend you watch it I recommend Anybody that is remotely kinky or has kinky interests, watch it. And now we'll we'll go for a break and we'll be right back for our Kink of the Week. Hello? Hello, who is this? 
Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Um, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of the strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Um... My life fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. Welcome back. Uh, this week's kink of the week is impact play. Ah, shocking, I know, considering we're talking about the story of O. Um, impact play is hitting someone with anything. Uh, whipping is considered impact play. Paddling, spanking, just smacking. And all and although I will in later episodes get into each of these individually for our kink of the week discussions, for this one I wanted to just lay the groundwork because I know there are probably some people listening that don't know a lot about BDSM play, don't know a lot about impact play. Um so I thought I would just go ahead and introduce it as an umbrella term and then get into the technicalities in other episodes. So like I said, impact play is hitting someone with something. So that is our kink of the week. Um, A lot of people don't understand what people, I think impact play is the big one when it comes to vanilla's understanding BDSM. They can't understand how anyone could enjoy being hit, being slapped, being whipped, being paddled, uh, they don't understand what we get out of it. Now, the thing about impact play that's so very important is the warm-up. It is all about the warm-up. If you warm up a submissive well enough, she can take a lot of impact. <laughs> and I think a lot of vanillas think that we just come in and just start beating the hell out of each other. No, 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 my friends. It doesn't work that way. Um, 
Like you get a good warm up and then you increase intensity. And with that intensity, your endorphins are released, your skin warms, your body tenses, and you feel just this rush of adrenaline. And oh, it's just, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it in the world. And it's, it's definitely something that makes my legs shake a bit. <laughs> On the giving and receiving end. Now, we've talked about the receiving end a bit, but a lot. what doesn't get talked about a lot is the giving end. When I am in dom space and I am doing impact play on a submissive, the feeling you get from that is much more of a focused feeling. Like you get almost laser focused your aim improves and the rush of endorphins that you get is a much more predatorial sort of feeling. You know, you are controlling this person's experience. Um, and it's fantastic, but we, we will talk about subspace and dom space on other episodes. Um, so if you don't know what those are, then tune in, tune in next time. (laughs) All right. So, that was our kink of the week impact play love it all and tonight's song to scene to a nine inch nails discipline the remix by dre didia i don't know if that's how you pronounce this dj's name but the remix is fantastic enjoy and i'll see you next time